Welcome in. This is your Masters Live Chat. I'm Rick Gaiman. For the next hour, we are going to spend that time doing anything you want. You want to talk about the Masters? You want to talk about golf in general? Talk about whatever you want. I don't care. It is your time. 60 minutes. Drop your questions, your comments, your concerns, your complaints. Maybe not all your complaints in the chat. I'll try to go through as many as humanly possible. Uh, while we're waiting for everybody to get in here to be rocking and rolling, let me hit you with a couple of announcements at the top. This is a live stream that's going on right now. This is literally live. Uh, there are two more live streams that I will be partaking in this evening. There is a CBS Sports live stream that I'm hosting tonight at 6.30 p.m. Eastern time. There will be guests on there that you have heard of and you have probably seen on television. We're going to rotate guys in and out, offer some perspective, talk about whatever you want. It'll be very interactive. And then at 8.15 p.m. Eastern time, the largest jock market power hour ever will take place. We're giving away a ton of jock bucks. There is a promo code uh, called RICK50 if you would like to uh, get a $50 deposit bonus for jock market. They are sponsoring this show. They are an unbelievable partner. They are stock market DFS, and there is a ton of money to be made. We'll talk about them in just a little bit, but I absolutely love what they're doing over there. And then finally, the last item. Before we kick off these questions is as of literally 10 minutes ago, I've added Michigan onto uh, my William Hill page here on rickrungood.com. So this is rickrungood.com slash bets. It is all the current best offers for any book. If you live in any one of these states, especially Michigan, this just went hot. You can get up. The, the free bets vary by state, but Michigan is, is giving away $2,021 in free bets. Indiana, same thing. All, all of these states and all these books, they're multiple hundreds of dollars. It's, it's the best deals that I've seen. You should take advantage of it. Rickrungood.com slash bets. Let's jump into the live chat. Evan says, oh, one other thing. Sorry, Evan, before I get to that, everything you see uh, that I'm going to show you, all the tools, everything else, it comes from my site. It's rickrungood.com. It is data visualizations. There's golf stuff coming out my ears over there. I think you'll really enjoy it. Check it out. Evan, good to see you, Evan, says, Speed first round leader, 16 to one. Your thoughts? He's been the first round leader three of six years here. He's in great form, obviously. And Cuss said it was burning money on Twitter today. Well, then it is obviously a lot. No, I think that um, historically, and, and not only has Jordan Spieth been the first round leader multiple times, he has led after like, 10 or 11 rounds, something crazy at, at the masters. Uh, he has been, uh, obviously great here. He has been a fast starter. I don't mind this at all. at 16 to one. In fact, I'd almost rather bet that than bet him to win this thing outright. I know that's kind of crazy, but missing the boat on, you know, whatever his number is now 10 or 11, depending on where you get it is a little bit concerning. So yeah, speed as a first round leader. My only concern with that, Evan is I'm pretty sure actually I'm, I'm positive of this. He's in the last tee timeout. I would much prefer my first round leaders to come from uh, earlier in the day, maybe before 10 a.m. Um, these, these guys are going to start going out at 8 a.m. I would probably prefer it coming from there. Of course, might be a little bit softer, might be a little bit more receptive. But if there's a guy that I want to take in the afternoon, it is probably Jordan Speed. Excluding ownership percentage, who do you like more between Fitzpatrick and Cam Smith and why? Also, are there any seven and a half, 7.5 K guys? That you've drastically changed your opinion on good or bad. Okay, let's let's throw this up. Let's look at the deets here. So this is again RickRunGood.com. I am a big fan of Matt Fitzpatrick this week. We're gonna go over to the Holy Grail and we can talk about why 
that's the case. And I hope this works because the name change that he went through really messed up all of my data and I had to fix it. He is now Matt Fitzpatrick uh, officially from the PGA tour. Okay, good. It is going to work. So, um, what I see from Matt Fitzpatrick is essentially since the start of 2021, he's been he's been lights out. I mean, he's been awesome um, off the tee, which is something that he's added to his game. He's always been a great short game player. His 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 finishes are essentially all top tens. One of them is an 11th. But you're talking about Riviera. You're talking about the concession. You're talking about Bay Hill, and you're talking about TPC Sawgrass. They are the deepest fields in golf. They are the, some of the hardest courses that we get. And um, and Matt Fitzpatrick has just been awesome. The l- listen, guys, all all of of the, you know, we've got, we've got boots on the ground there. You know, we've got a a lot of, a lot of little birdies out there. We've got the crew over at CBS sports, giving us insight. This course is already firm and fast. If if you are picturing what you saw in November, I think you are in for a rude awakening, right? There was uh, so much weather uh, leading into that event. Remember remember there was a Thursday morning rain delay. It it was just wet and receptive and every scoring record was shattered. You are not going to see anything close to that this week already on a Tuesday, on a Monday, uh, these greens were crusty. They were fast. They were hard. Mark Immelman described it as you could hear the ball land on shots from 60 yards out. Doesn't always happen. That's crazy. So this is going to be an absolute uh, burner. And I think that Fitzpatrick in those difficult conditions is is certainly a, a smart play. Do you think it's smart to stay away from Spieth and Berger in high dollar contests? Well, um, I'm assuming what you're saying, Randy, here is because of their ownership. So I project Daniel Berger to be about 22% owned. He's right here on the cheat sheet. And Jordan Spieth to be about 24%. I think in single entry and maybe in some of the higher dollar contests, you you might see those numbers get even higher. What, what, uh, what I've noticed in a lot of these higher dollar contests is a lot of these guys are not going to pass up the built-in value on Jordan Spieth where he is the, you know, eighth eighth most expensive player but he's like the second shortest odds. That's built-in value they're going to find a way to differentiate somewhere else, Randy. So I actually think that Spieth and Berger uh could be even higher than what I project them to be in some of those contests. I would say you don't have to stay away from them, but if you if you roster these two guys, you better find four other guys that uh nobody's thinking about. You know, you better find a couple of single digit ownership guys that are really going to diversify you or leave three or $400 on the table, something like that. So I'm not going to let just one or two guys dictate my decision and something like that, but kind of really consider if you play these two guys, you, you can't play Paul Casey. Um, you can't play Ryan Palmer. Some of these guys that are probably going to be much more highly owned. What is Will Zalatoris' ownership looking to hit this week? Asks Craig. Uh, so I currently have Zalatoris, who is low seven thousands. He's right here, seventy three hundred at nine point six percent, which is pretty good. You know, you're looking at guys around him. He is he is going to come in higher owned than, of course, Harris English and Billy Horschel and Justin Rose. But there's a lot of uh, ownership concentrating in the low teens and and just like twelve percent around Adam Scott and Jason Day. So I think you're going to be okay with Zalatoris if he goes out and does anything close to what he has done you know, to start his career, I'll just be shocked again. The guy's been unbelievable. If he does it at Augusta national, it's, it's going to be awesome. I think Leishman is a good pivot off of Corey Connors. Your thoughts. Yeah. I'm not always a huge Leishman fan. Let's, let's do a deeper dive into Leishman. So here's Marky Mark. 
What I see is a golfer who, um, now, he he did gain strokes off the tee at the match play, which, again, not all sites will show you the match play data. Uh, I, I have it, so I, I threw it in here. Understand match play is kind of weird. They don't play all the holes. It can be a little wonky at times, but I think it's better than nothing. Uh, he gained strokes off the tee at the match play, doesn't make it out of his group. He gained strokes off the tee, ends on approach at the players, and doesn't make the cut. That's actually kind of an outlier for him because the the five events previous to that, and even, I don't know, probably the 15 events previous to that, he was terrible with the driver, pretty poor with the irons, except for recently, maybe into 2021. Okay, I would say this, Peyton, I'm maybe more bullish looking at Leishman's numbers now than I was just a couple of, of weeks ago. I, I think the idea, or maybe even a couple of days ago, I think that the idea that he plays maybe a little bit better on some of these difficult courses like he did at Torrey Pines, like Royal Melbourne for the for the President's Cup. I guess it's kind of interesting, but I'm not I'm not super stoked about it. I have Angel Cabrera at plus, uh, I don't know what that is, 1.5 billion. I'm pretty sure he's in federal custody. I'm not sure, I'm not sure that is going to come through for you this time. Um Kevin Erickson, or I'm sorry, excuse me, not Kevin Erickson, uh, Oliver Orr, he said, I hit $25 in the 40K, $12 albatross with your live chat generated lineup. Here's your cut. Cheers. <laughs> Oliver, much, much appreciated. Thank you for the super chat. Uh, that is my cut of a lineup that I put out, I guess, last week. That's hilarious. Um, and then uh, Havana Haywire, also thank you for the super chat, says, haven't had a chance to dive into the stats yet. Anita, one and done. I'm currently sitting in 44th. Okay, so that would be pretty good. There's a lot of people in that one and done. So I, I think you need to chalk it up. I think you need to be a front runner a little bit here you're not i think there's other places that you can differentiate so do you have access to maybe um dustin johnson do you have access to john rom i've actually opted to go with john rom in a lot of situations because uh dj most people have available rom for whatever reason um in the one and dones that i've noticed is that only about half of the people have him available so if you have rom available to you and there's 43 guys ahead of you maybe only 20 of them have rom available if they end up using him maybe only 10 of those that have him available use him so maybe rom is your guy i don't know if you have that available to you obviously i'm a big fan of patrick cantlay this week if you can get any one of those three into your one and done i think you'd be pretty stoked about it and thank you again for the super chat it certainly helps you still as high on decky turning the corner like you were a couple of weeks ago and also are you worried about phil's finger wrap um i don't know enough about phil's finger wraps i'm probably not worried about that uh, it's, it's, it's always hard to quantify that type of stuff. I'll, I'll do the Hideki thing again. There's there's some really good signs with Hideki here, right? Now, five straight events in which he's gained strokes on approach. That is uh, vintage Hideki. It is exactly what you want. To his credit, he has actually been much better with the putter. Um, the only thing missing now is the driver. And that's one thing that he's been historically good at. So so I see Civic Boy, uh, the path to, to Hideki's success, I see it widening, right? There are, there were definitely times where I see it. I, I saw it narrowing where, you know, he had three things or four things going wrong for him and he had to figure it out. Uh, it's certainly widening right now with the way that he's playing. So I am certainly more bullish. I'm not like super stoked to run to the window or anything like that, but, uh, I certainly understand why you might feel that way about Hideki. Matt says, thanks for all you do, Rick. Of course, uh, with the baked out conditions, whose game do you think fits best? Answers, Alatoris, Kokrak, or Harmon? So, oh man, I should have looked this up. I, don't quote me on this, but I'm like pretty sure that Royal Melbourne, the course that they used for the President's Cup, was also an Alistair McKenzie design. 
somewhat, I guess I could Google that. Um, and then also uh, it was about as firm and fast as you can imagine. I think, I think that's going to be a good crossover. So answer played well there before he ran into uh tiger in, in Sunday singles. He played really well there. Um, I, I think Zalatoris and Kokrak are great. I would probably rank them like this answer Kokrak. Zalatoris, Harmon. I think they're all okay. I'm really intrigued by what Answer can do, and I think Kokrak, who's just been hot all over the place, is, is awesome. What do the numbers say about Finau versus Simpson, and what is your gut feel? Um, I know you're hungry. What would be your master's dinner? Oh, my God. Let me think about the master's dinner, Timmy. Uh, let's do let's do Finau versus Simpson, and we can punch him into the, um, to the head-to-head matchups here. So my gut says that Webb Simpson will wipe the floor with Tony Finau. But Finau has been really great in terms of strokes gained, especially a, a little bit more recently. Webb has kind of been not as good in the last couple of starts. But I'm, I'm going to assume Webb wins this. But let's check it out. I have this going back to the start of 2020. Start of 2020, And yeah, it, it does. Webb Simpson, I'm winning a four-round matchup 64% of the time against, uh, against Tony Finau, which is pretty significant. You know, a 64% favorite is, is sizable here. How different are the conditions? Yeah, so um, you you could certainly see the same the same guys from 2020 have uh, have success, but uh, I don't think I'm just looking at 2020 and being like, well, it's going to be the same leaderboard. You are going to see. I mean, think about all the scoring records that were broken. DJ broke the scoring record. Cam Smith became the first golfer ever to uh, shoot four rounds in the 60s. It was the lowest round one scoring average ever. It was the l- lowest round two scoring average ever. You're, I, we're just, there's just no chance. There's just no way we see anything close to that this week. It is much more firm, much more fast. It's baked out a little bit. It, it, I, I just, I can't imagine. Guys can have success, but I'm, I'm not treating it that way. Feels like I'm in an alternate universe because it's major week and Rick likes Phil and is fading Brooks and Rory. Cheers, Rick. Yeah, Tyler, I, I agree with you. Listen, I have to really tip my cap to what Phil um, has done. I, I kind of mentioned this a little bit earlier. You know, he, he, he's widening that, that path a little bit. Um, he's playing well with his irons, with his approach game, something that we haven't seen. I mean, look at this, this five event stretch for Phil Mickelson. He's gained strokes in four of those events. The last time he did that. So I scroll down here on Rick run. Good was this stretch right here where he gained five events in a row. It includes a second place finish at what is now the American express and his win at Pebble beach. Do I think he's going to win the masters? No, I don't. Do I think that he's a really good value? And when you combine what he's doing now, which is this is peak level Phil that from what we've seen in the last two years, uh, peak level Phil at a place that he's got excellent course history and more experience than anybody. Like that's, that's why I'm, I'm bullish on it, but it's crazy. It's crazy. As a golf fan, who would you want to see in the final pairing? Wow. Um, speed has to be in it. I don't care what anybody says, whether you like him or not, whether you think the, he gets talked about too much. Spieth being in the final pairing would be awesome. Rory being in the final pairing would be awesome. Like that would be pretty cool. A, a, a Spieth trying to reascend the mountaintop, uh, and Rory trying to complete the career grand slam would be special. That would be my pick, my, my picture. TJ, what's up? It says, where do you stand on Rom versus Bryson? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty tight on these guys. I'm, I'm, I, I think in a vacuum, I probably like Rom a hair more, but I, I'm, I'm very, very bullish on Bryson this time around. I think he's going to do much better than he did in November. He tried to overpower Augusta national in November. 
That's a joke. He couldn't do it. Um, what we saw recently, what he did at the API, what he did to players, that was much more reminiscent, uh, or not reminiscent. I just think that is is going to be a much better path for him. But if we look at John Rahm, and if we look at his, his golfer profile here, there, there's no negatives. I, I just, there's just, there's nothing I can say that's wrong. I mean, he's, he's having the best iron season of his career. He's, uh, you know, second in the world or second on tour in, in, in T to green. He's third in the world. He's third off the tee. He, he just piles up. He piles up birdies. I just, I have nothing negative to say about him. Um, so I really love both of these guys, but if you made me pick, I'd probably just give the nod a hair to, to John Rom. So in terms of scrubs, uh, at $6,400 and down, Lonto and Jones seem to be returning positive strokes in T to green and approach in 2020. Sure. Yep. And seem to have the best options down there. Yeah. So I don't want to go further down than those guys. I'd actually probably even prefer to stop before them. Like if you made me go down under 6,500, Lonto and Jones are clearly the best guys. I would prefer to stop at Palmer at 6,500. Um, and then, you know, that would be my last man in, but, or, or my, lo- my lowest guy, but I agree with you. And some of the models that we've, that I've run, some of the things we've plugged in here. Um, if you're going to go lower than that, actually Matt Jones pops quite a bit. Uh, if you're going to go lower than that. And then Lonto, I have a soft spot for, so so no worries about that ever. I do want to spend a quick minute um, here on Jock Market. They 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 sponsor this show, but they're more than that. They're a partner. They are creating something that I think is really fun. It's Stock Market DFS. It is uh, not just, hey, set your lineup on Wednesday night and then uh, see how it goes for the rest of the week. This is active. So on Wednesday night, tonight, for the power hour, we're going to spend the last hour of the IPO phase. You can go in right now. You can bid on golfers and those shares will be allocated to you tonight. And then once the tournament starts, you can actually buy and sell golfers uh, during the event. So I actually made a big mistake in November. I sold Rory McIlroy on Thursday morning. He had a very, very poor first round, or I guess it was maybe after Thursday's round, had a very poor first round. He was excellent, the final three, and I cost myself a lot of money. Uh, But there's a lot of situations like that. If you were buying Rory from me, you certainly would have been very happy with that. And and we actually now have data. For the first time ever, we have an actual cash market that has already existed. So to put this into perspective, last uh, last Masters in November, Dustin Johnson cost $10 per share on Wednesday night. He won the tournament, so that pays out the full $25 a share. If you had a share of DJ, you made $15. If you had 10 shares of him, you made 150 and so on and so forth. Sung J.M. and Cam Smith were both uh, o- only $4 on, on Wednesday night in November. So I think there's going to be a lot of fun stuff tonight. We are going to be giving out a uh, hundred dollars in jock bucks so we can get you in there. And also if you want to use uh, deposit code Rick 50, that will also get you a $50 deposit bonus. It's a ton of fun. Highly recommend it. On DFS, would you take Ram and Louie or DJ and Molinari? Probably Ram and Louie. Yeah, I'm pretty sure about that. <laughs> Who's more likely? Angel Cabrera getting out of jail or a Hudson Swafford win? Um, I don't know how long Cabrera is going to be in prison for. I'll take a Hudson Swafford win. What might you say the winning score is? Uh, so again, they, the 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 really special part about Augusta National is that they can they can make this play any way that they want. They can change it. You know, they can rub the the what is it the sub air underneath. They can firm it out even more. I can't imagine that. Or they could dump a lot of water on it. Also, can't imagine that. But I would say. If you made me guess right now, 10 under, like if you were teeing off, uh, maybe 11, if you gave me 11 under right now, I would take it. And I would think I'm 
there's a good chance I win this golf tournament. I just think it's it's going to be pretty spicy from the get-go. Matt Wallace seems to be really cheap, or am I crazy? Tim, you are not crazy. Let me show you something, Tim. This is what I love about the Holy Grail here. So I'm going to go to the Holy Grail. I'm going to wipe out. I'm going to open up to everybody, not just this field. And I'm going to go back to the last two seasons. And then I'm going to scroll down here, and I'm going to sort this by the best tee to green performances of the last two seasons. And the names that you're going to see at the top are Dustin Johnson, Bryson DeChambeau, John Rahm, and oh, by the way, Matt Wallace last week, Tim. Matt Wallace gained 15.3 strokes from tee to green last week. That is the most of any golfer in the last two seasons that has not won the event. He probably should have won it, Tim. Um, you know, if we dive into Matt Wallace uh, a little bit further, you know, he he is a great ball striker, you know, and we have seen him do this at times and we've seen him get hot in some of these situations. Let me sort this by date. Uh, we've seen him play better here on the European tour. Like, look at this. To gain nine strokes at the Valero Texas Open uh, is special stuff. So, no, I do not believe that you are crazy. I think Matt Wallace is certainly warranted. Rick, for being team no putt, it, you don't seem to be too thrilled about Sergio. Yeah, I don't know. I, I Sergio for me is so on brand, right? I, I completely agree. I'm team no putt. To me, Sergio is 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 such a bad putter that it's 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 let, like let's pull him up. Let's see if I'm right or wrong about this because I could I could be wrong about this. That's fine. So I've got this going here. So here's Sergio. Um, so twice uh, in the last year has he gained strokes putting. Uh, now, one of them resulted in a victory. My problem is he does more of this, the losing three, losing four, losing six, that plays himself out of events. The guys that I really like, Nicholas, for um, team no putt are the guys that are at least more volatile with the putter. You'll see some guys, Keegan a little bit to this extent, Benny on a little bit. I'm trying to think of who a good example might be. I don't know off the top of my head, but some guys will be like, hey, I'm I'm a bad putter, but like this week I'll gain three. The week after that, I'll lose three. Then I'll gain one. Then I'll lose five. Then I'll, like like I don't see that volatility in Sergio as much as I would like. That's that's kind of my issue. In November, DJ was underpriced and chalked on and chalk on DK with the second best odds. He won this week. Spieth is underpriced and chalk on DK with the second best odds. Does he win? I mean, probably not. But um, there there's really no there there's nothing I could say wrong with Jordan Spieth. Um, you, you know, this is people are like, oh, how could Spieth possibly be even considered one of the favorites? Well, first of all, he's got unbelievable elite course history, and this is not just one win the Valero. This is a run of golf from essentially the farmers, essentially since the start of 2021 for him, where he has been one of the best ball strikers on planet Earth. And if you think I'm kidding, I'm I'm really not. Like, let's let's filter this by everybody from uh, so, so from January first. 2021 to right now and sort this by uh i'll even leave in guys that are let's just do the guys that are playing this week i guess uh it's it's colin morikawa has gained 1.28 strokes on approach and it's jordan spieth who has gained 1.2 he has been better than justin thomas in more rounds and justin thomas is widely considered one of the best iron players on the planet so it is it is certainly well deserved of what we are getting out of out of jordan spieth right now thoughts on scheffler i'm pretty neutral um, maybe more bearish than, than, than anything. I think he's played a lot of golf. I don't know if that matters. I like his skill set. There's just so many other guys. There's just, you know, his, his price is in a position where I just like so many other guys around him. I think he's, I think he's fine. Top two favorite players to win, regardless of odds or DK ownership. So I'm, I'm very much on board with, uh, Patrick Cantlay that, that to me, 
I guess maybe if I'm not, I, I guess I should be considering odds in that. But but that to me, I think he's I think he's just in complete control of his game. You know, I was I was showing the 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 numbers from uh from 2021 here. And if you if you change from strokes gain approach to strokes gain T to green, uh Cantley is the best. If you go to strokes gain total, uh Cantley is the best. So so to me, I'm I'm all about Patrick Cantley, which probably le- means he misses the cut, but it is what it is. Uh the other person, um it's a good question. I I think that uh, it's probably still DJ. You know, the, he hasn't played great, but he thought he he thought he struck the ball well at uh, at the match play. You know, it is a, a situation where nobody flips a switch like him. It's probably it's probably DJ still. I'm I'm cool with that. I'm going to take Rose and Phil as my cheap guys. If I'm going to rely on anything else, I take course history thoughts. Yeah. So I, I mentioned Phil already. I like Phil. I'm not as high on, on Rose. There is certainly a, there's a tipping point of having really great course history and what you're doing right now. I don't necessarily know what that tipping point is, but from, for Rose, for me, we're past it. Um, I, I need to see more recently, a little late, but I won my March madness pool because of the edge from your advice. Thank you. I created a, uh, I will toot my horn right now. I created a, a video a couple of weeks ago about how to create the optimal bracket. The strategy was, um, I don't know, use, use leverage and see, see what the Vegas odds say, see what the actual true probabilities are. It was, it was very clear. You've got to play Baylor as your, uh, national champion. It was a 94th percentile bracket in a week, in a year. That was absolutely crazy. CJ cook. I'll take it. Thank you. We've been treated to some pretty good masters this year, hope or hope, this decade. Hope we get another one. Completely agree. March madness, more like March sadness. Hey, Rick, awesome content as always. Are you worried about Corey Connors and the fast greens whole face since around the green play isn't fantastic? Uh, yes and no. So here's what I know about um, Augusta National, and this is you know I, I'm I'm very lucky to speak to a lot of the guys who are down there and have played there and know these people and like I I hope I have a pretty good grasp of this. But here's what I understand. If you, you, your approach game is going to have to be incredibly exact this week. And that does not only mean where you're landing it, it means where it ends up, how you're playing it up there. Actually, um, being a little bit more creative. This it's kind of why I like Spieth a a lot more this week too. Spieth is a very creative player. Bubba, very creative player. You're going to have to be creative. You can't just, you can't just hit to a number on the track, man, like you did in November. Um, so I like these creative players, uh, Corey Connors. If he's not on, he's gonna have to go down to these collection areas. He's gonna have to play around the green. That's when things start to get little a little bit scary. So I don't, I'm not as worried about Corey Connors because he has the skill set that I would like to not have to worry about around the green play as much. But yeah, it would worry me if he starts missing starts missing those greens. Hey Rick, thanks for all your content. Oh, no problem. Would you take JT and Connors or can't? Oh, can't like Casey. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess, I guess it depends on what you're looking for. If this is a DFS thing and you care about ownership, can't lay in case you're going to be two of the most popular golfers I have made. So I've made two big bets this week. I, I literally drove down to the strip, uh, for the first time since, since, since lit being here in Vegas. And, uh, I placed two bets and the two bets that I placed were can't lay in Casey. That was it. I got Kate. I got Cantlay at 22. I got Casey at 50. That's why I was willing to drive to Circa. So I got Casey at 50. Um, so I'm very, very bullish on both of those two guys. It's it's not to say I didn't make any other bets or smaller bets, but those were those were the two that I that I had the most conviction about. 
Hello, friends. Smash the like button. Rick, over under 25 sh- number of shows you did this week. <laughs> Greg, I always appreciate the support. I've done a lot of shows this week. Yeah. Whether it's between this, CBS Sports, uh, going on the streaming channel, whether it was other podcasts I was a part of, whether there's more live streams that are coming, 25 might be a good number. I called into a couple of radio shows. Yeah, it's it's been fun. Thoughts on Matt Wallace. We talked about that. Very bullish on him. Rick, Reed and Palmer or Cam Smith and Kokrak with some salary left over? Ooh. Probably still Reed and Palmer. Uh, love Palmer. He's been one of the most valuable golfers on tour recently. And Reed is, you know, firm, fast, big game hunter. I, I think I like that. Who's going to be the highest owned golfer in the 6K range? Well, let's just look at it. Palmer, the guy that I just mentioned. No, actually, I guess Corey Connors. I'm getting, so I just did a second run or a third run or whatever of these ownership projections just a little bit ago, uh, two hours ago, maybe. And Corey Connors now 26% in my projections. Uh, I have Ryan Palmer at 12%. Those two far and away, the, the highest expected golfers in the 6K range. Hey, Rick, are you warming up on Bryson as the week goes on? I got to tell you, I have no idea. I have no idea what to do with, or excuse me, to Brooks. I think I said Bryson, to Brooks. I I don't know. I have been lucky enough to watch a lot of his swings this week. A lot of them look good. A lot of them look like they hurt. It looks, he looks like he's walking around very gingerly from what I can tell. I'm stunned he's even playing, Brendan. I I really have zero idea what to expect from him. I'll, I'll say this. The only place I would get exposure to Brooks is in an outright ticket. And if he wins, that's great. And if he finishes anywhere else, I don't really care. Um, Having him in a DFS scenario, having him in a one and done is too scary for me. I really don't know what to expect from him. Can Max Homo win? Man, probably not. There's a pretty big drop off in the win equity when you get past the guys that are like 40 to one. Um, Like after like Webb Simpson, I think there's a huge drop off in win equity. But I will say this, Homa is a golfer who I was incredibly impressed with during his stretch of golf where he played like eight weeks in a row. He has a a couple of really good wins on the resume. Riviera is off the tee, can can kind of give you similar looks to Augusta National. I think that's important. And then Quail Hollow is also kind of a, a, a course that you might correlate a bit. And Homa's won them both. Um, now, I don't know if he can win this one too, but I I am much more bullish on him. Top-ranked player to miss the cut. Let's look. Um, I'm a little bit concerned about Tony Finau. So here's Finau at 9,100. You know, we can dive into his holy grail here for a second. And... Uh, so here he is. This is his last two stars. So he loses three strokes off the tee at the match play, loses 4.2 at the Valero Texas Open. I've, I've said this once. I've said it a million times. Uh, when you lose your best aspect, like Tony Finau losing his driver, it's it's a concern and it's hard to come back from. So I'm going to just say, and, and, it's, and it's honestly, there's a chance that none of the top ranked guys miss the cut. It's a field of 88. We're going to do 50 and ties. Uh, the, the bottom... 15 or 20 are are like past champions and other guys that got in that aren't really going to contend or there you got amateurs in there like there's a chance we have like no miss no top guys miss the cut um so i, I i'll say fino clark wants to know <laughs> i rick run good is that your government issued name i was looking through your algorithms i was wondering if you had any thoughts about driving distance being number one when people say it's a second shot course so i'll give a little background on this clark because i don't think people have any idea what you're talking about um 
I got a I got an, a text that said, "Hey, I heard that Gary McCord on his serious show was was talking about you. Had mentioned you." here's, here's the audio. And I was like, Oh, that's cool. Like I was expecting, uh, like a passing, Hey, like, I don't know. I don't know what I was expecting. Rick Rungood. Um, Gary McCord gave like the most glowing review of like my YouTube channel and and, like the stats and stuff. It was like, I was super stoked about it. But one of the things was he said, uh, uh, Rick Rungood and the other host goes, Oh, is that his government issued name? (laughs) Which I thought was hilarious. But, um, yeah, so, so to look, to look at this. So the course key stats is what you're referring to Clark. And I appreciate I appreciate the question here. So um, let me distinguish what's going on and what people say. So people say it's a second shot course. I completely agree with the sentiment, right? I, I, I 100% understand that you have to be really, really exact. The and, and, and there's a difference between the guy who has success that week or the guys that have success that week having good approach weeks. That's part one. What the model says, the model doesn't look at did did the top, you know, did the guy who won at Augusta National have a good approach week? That is not what the model does because I think that's a flawed state of mind. That's a state of mind that says, oh, well, this guy gained, you know, the you know, the, the average of the winners here, they gain five strokes putting. Well, of course they do. That's what winners do. They go crazy. I look at their entire season results and find types of players. And historically based on the this is not my opinion the math uh strokes gained approach or players that are good in strokes gained approach actually it's it's a below average stat here it, it, it's it doesn't mean you can't have a good approach week it just means that guys who have had success here are not necessarily good approach players and it doesn't mean you can't but the ones that stood at the top were driving distance guys that are longer hitters over time over their season have had better success than shorter hitters that's it's very clear birdie or better percentage is another one that shows up and then of course strokes gain total um and and obviously strokes gain approach goes into strokes gain total and it's not like strokes gain approach was 50 out of 50 it was 34th out of 50 so it was just below average so both of these things can be true clark um, we just kind of have to wrap our heads around it a little bit. <clears throat> uh, love the content, Rick. Tune in every week. Thank you very much. Uh, Burger or Webb, straight up. These are two of my favorite guys in the entire world. Um, God, this is like trying to choose between between children. I love these guys. I'll take. I'm gonna take Webb, and it hurts. It would have hurt to pick Burger too, but I'll take Webb. I just think that he. Um, the fact that he even finished 10th here in November is kind of jarring. I think the course is going to be a much better fit for him this time around. I love Webb and everything he does. Once he walks off the tee box, I think it's Webb. <clears throat> Have you covered Wolf in depth? I've not. Um, you okay? Let's talk about Wolf. Let's let's see if I can rid you of this Wolf fever that you have. Let's see if I can be the. Uh, Anecdote, anti- no, antidote. Anecdote is a little story. Antidote, I believe, is the word I'm looking for. Does this help at all, Andrew? Like, does this want, want, want you to get off that wolf fever? I, I mean, what I'm looking at right now, and this is very much in terms of um, the, the idea of losing your best weapon, is that he has been absolutely horrible with the driver. Uh, losing four strokes at Shadow Creek, three at Zozo, two at the Farmers, four at Genesis. I mean, he has really only gained one stroke uh, once or twice 
uh, in his last seven starts. This is terrifying. This is absolutely terrifying to me, Andrew. Then you get him down in some of these collection areas. I'm scared. Wolf could, if he if he's playing like this, it's going to be ugly. How many strokes will Bryson win by? <laughs> Negative four. No, I mean, I, I, I really like Bryson's chances. I probably like him more with a course with thicker rough and stuff like that, but I'm way more bullish this time around. Way more bullish on Bryson. I, I think he's going to be a factor. Spieth may lay an egg. There's just no evidence of that, right? Like he may, we could say that about any golfer, right? We could say that about anyone, but there's no, there's no, there's no evidence of that. He has great course history. He's been the best player leading in. He might, he still might. DJ might, Rory might, Rom might. These, these guys all might, but there's really no evidence of it. Who are you not hearing about that should be talked about? Okay, so this is a pretty good question, and I'm going to need a second to figure this out here. So not getting talked about. So let's look at ownership here. Uh, I guess the answer is Hatton. Um, the it, it hasn't been a good stretch at Augusta National for him. He hasn't played all that well recently, but he is still a prolific winner worldwide. He is still a very, very good player when he gets going. He's going to be literally single digits ownership, and I think that... Um, man, I think, I think he could be pretty good. Adam, who, uh, created the show, the Goldbergs, always a big fan of mine. Thank you, Adam. Big fan of yours as well. Says Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Cameron Smith was a T2 at the Masters five months ago. How far down under par? How about this guy's a great writer, right? Uh, how far down under par will he go? I actually do like the crossover between uh, the President's Cup, so the the course, the Alistair McKenzie designed course at, at Royal Melbourne, and 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 I do think like I don't think he's going to go out and t two this thing again, Adam. I do think he is going to uh, be involved. Maybe let's call it a top twenty, something like that is probably where I like him. Read ownership versus speed, speed. Whew. Go crazy already. All right, I've got Reed at 14%, Spieth at 24 I bet you it's higher than that. So you have to remember, these are my projections at the moment. It, it, we're getting an influx, an injection of uh, public money. I bet you Spieth comes in higher than that. A full feed of space, a full feed of, oh, I can't talk, full fade of Spieth in a GPP in favor of Reed. Am I crazy? No. I mean, I mean, Spieth probably, well, he probably finishes at least inside the top 10 to pay for himself. Um, yeah, that might be crazy, Michael. I think he's, I think he's just, I think he's just so good. Your thoughts on second time players that have a, a distorted view of playing such a soft course in November. I'm concerned about it. I'm a little bit concerned about it. I think that the hope, hopefully they're getting in their practice rounds, right? Because what I mentioned before is you are going to, in November, it was like, Hey, hit it. You're, you have to hit it 162. Like in the air, fly at 162. These guys are so good at landing it on the number that they hit. Like, no problem. Let me just go out there and fire darts. Not this time. You're going to have to say, okay, the pin's 162, but I need you to land it 150. Hopefully it kicks right. It spins a little bit. It bounces over there. It comes back and it comes to rest at 162. This is kind of a, a completely different style of golf I think we're going to see this time around. So I am a little bit worried about the debutantes from November who have only seen the course in one condition. <clears throat> two favorites in the nine or 10 K range, regardless of ownership. Um, so I mentioned Cantlay; he's 9,800. That is probably one. And then I'm really, I'm really stuck between Bryson and, and Rom, you know, trying to split hairs between these two guys. I would give, I'd give the edge to Rom, Michael. Rick finally subscribed to the website. Thank you. Thanks, man. Uh, am I crazy for stooping? No, 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 Matt. No, you're right. Matt Jones does. 
he does rank very well on the custom model. I agree with you. The models that I ran as well, a lot of them, I, I would, I would also tinker with different, um, with different settings, you know, we can kind of do it here too. So here's the lineup builder. This is the model that I'm referring to. This is uh, the new one. So what I did is I created, um, I just went from January 1st of 2021 to, to basically this year, right? To, to present. And then I did, um, I did a lot on T to green. So I think I did like, I don't know, 50 weights on T to green. I did a little bit on putting to make up for the, the lack of strokes gain total. I did uh, like 15 on driving distance. I think I did uh, 10 on, or maybe 15 on birdie or better. And I probably did 10 somewhere else. Like, I don't know, driving accuracy or something like that. I don't know what I did. But um, when you start looking at the values here and start sorting by this, you'll start to see some names that pop up that are value. Paul Casey, of course, Sergio Garcia. But when you start going down, you see names like Matt Wallace at 6,400. That's an interesting name. You see uh, Matt Jones pops up at 63. So when you actually start building these lineups, Jones pops up a lot. Uh, Joaquin Neiman pops up a lot. Guys like that because they're the they're the value options here. So good call. No, I don't think you're crazy. Um, Cantlay, Spieth, Morikawa, Day all said they're looking forward to firm and fast conditions. Yep, I, I like Cantlay the most is the answer to that question. I've answered a lot of these, so I'm going to scroll through here. Abe answer hasn't had a tournament in which he has lost strokes on approach yet. Do you think he's a good option? Yeah. So he's, he was actually becoming like a team no putt guy here for a little bit of time uh, where you could see before Valero, he had lost strokes uh, putting in six straight. He has been awesome with his irons. You're right. Since the start of 2021, he has not lost strokes on approach and he's been great in the ball striking category. If he can marry these two together, hybrid marry what he's been doing with his uh, approaches over uh, the, the last eight starts and marry what he did with his putter at Valero. He'll be a contender here, but that's, that's what he has to do. <clears throat> I just like this one. How is everyone? Brant, we're good, man. How are you? I hope, I hope people are asking how you are. Phil or Brooks? Is that where we're at? Is that where we're at in the world? We're doing Phil or Brooks. I'm very bullish on Phil. I have no idea what to do with Brooks, but if the if the question is Brooks or Phil, it has to be Brooks still, right? I mean, I, I don't know if we've gone that low on Brooks. Uh, Rick, thanks for all that you do. Uh, and thanks for the new lineup. Okay, yeah, the new lineup builder. Thank you very much. Are you factoring in any of the more traditional stats like greens and regulation or three-putt avoidance? I didn't really, you know, we can go to the course key stats here because uh, I was just kind of looking, you know, I have the other stats that kind of pop up here often. And, you know, sometimes three-putt avoidance will show up in here. It doesn't this week. There are a lot of putting stats that pop up. Some of these ones that are a bit more noisy that I'm not that I'm not super worried about. Um, I did not look at three-putt avoidance or anything like that. Greens and regulation, you know, that's kind of a flawed stat gets lumped in with, you know, I'd, I'd much prefer to do approach and, and things like that. So, no, I, I, I haven't. Currently first in my one and done. And I've used everyone at the top except Bryson, Xander, Webb, and Brooks. Uh, you should pick Bryson. Just straight front run this thing. Who would you take, Casey, Siwoo, or Simpson? Um, I, I guess it depends, but probably Simpson still. What is a good total ownership for your entire lineup? So, uh, Brandon, it depends what you're playing. Uh, like, if you could stay in the 80%, I think you'd be good. If you're playing something that is a lot, a lot bigger. If you're trying to win like that $10 Millie maker, I've, I've made lineups. So, so I plugged it in on, on, um, on the lineup builder. I made lineups that were 
max projected ownership of 50 just to try to be really, really kind of contrarian. I don't think you have to go that low, but that's that was kind of where I was at between 50 and 80. Looking thick, Rick. I'm going to assume that's a compliment. I don't know if that is, but it's T-H-I-C-C-C-C-C-C. So I think that's a compliment. What are we thinking of Big Daddy Bryson? Yes, much more bullish this time around. I've already answered that, but I wanted to get the thick comment in there. All right. I've I've answered a lot of these, so I'm going to roll through, and I've got to get caught up. Any methods of betting first round leaders? Not something that I look at, but it's the Masters. Let's have some fun. Yeah, let's let's have some fun. So uh, earlier tee times generally. So I had this. I ran this analysis before. I think like you know, 55% of the first round leaders come from the morning groups. Now you don't get the, the true distinction of early and afternoon groups at the masters, but I think the earlier, the better. So if you're looking at the tee times, I don't have them in front of me trying to find some of those volatile guys who go out early. Um, I'm trying to think who would be like a good volatile guy further down the board. And again, I don't know what anybody's like Matt Wallace would be pretty good. I have no idea what his tee time is. Um, even Matt Jones, even, Scotty Scheffler, Joaquin Neiman, some of these guys that are a little bit not riskier, streakier is probably the word I'm looking for. If I get them an early, an early tea time, that's probably what I would what I would do. Uh, can Sung Jay succeed with his terrible iron play? I don't. I, I'm worried. I'm worried about that. That that was what I was alluding to when I was saying like, so there's these quadrants of these greens where the idea is. You've got to hit it, hit it in the right spot. You got to land it in the right spot. If if that quadrant is let's call it ten feet wide, if you hit it twelve feet, you're not. It's, your ball's not going to stay at twelve feet. It's going to roll down. You're going to be twenty five feet away. So you really do have to be exact. Um, uh, you have to be exact when it comes to your iron play. Justin wants to know how do you feel about the prospect of a new location for the Masters with Georgia's new voting laws. Um, I think that it is uh, incredibly unlikely. You know, the Masters is a it's an organization that feels pressure from no one. They, they can do everything in-house themselves. They, they could even broad, they could even, they don't even need a broadcast partner. So, uh, there, there is certainly mis misplaced, um, pressure on the PGA. The PGA tour is nothing. They can't even, if they wanted to move this event, they couldn't, um, the masters certainly will never move it. Uh, and it'll happen every year, whether you agree with the new voting laws or not, that's an, another story. Uh, but the idea that the masters will ever move from Augusta national, um, it's not going to happen. It's, it's just not, they, they don't even need any other partners. They can do it themselves. It's, it's, it's never going to happen, but I don't know. Listen, we live, we live, we live in a world where there's a lot of, a lot of pressures being put on, uh, organizations, but this is, there's, there's probably few organizations that feel less pressure than, than the Augusta national. Any reason you don't like Sung Jay? This oh, I just answered that one. So scroll back thirty seconds. <clears throat> what is, who's the first golfer that comes to mind that you aren't playing but wouldn't be surprised if they won? Ooh, I was gonna say Finau, but I would be pretty surprised about that. Um, you know, like Victor Hovland. I, I I love this kid so much. He is unbelievably good. He has improved the around the green game. I'm not going to get there. His form hasn't been all that great. There's guys I like around him that are a lot better. But if he if if I woke up Monday morning and Victor Hovland, who has already been the low am at the Masters, he won this event, I would probably not be all that surprised. When does the practice round start? They've been playing practice rounds for three days. 
<clears throat> a lot of questions about Wallace. You guys like Wallace a lot. Projected ownership on Louis Oosthuizen. Uh, I have him at 12%. He is in this group of golfers in the, whoops, sorry. That was a fast scroll. Uh, right here in the 74 to 76, where like every guy is 10 to 12%. It's Scott, Day, Oosthuizen, Answer, Neiman. I think that gets spread out, spread out pretty well. What do I think his chances are? Listen, the guy's constantly in contention. I think he's got a great chance of being in contention again this time around. Uh, there is no 10-shot rule. So we did confirm that. So th- previously, if you guys uh, remember, there was um, the cut rule was anybody, it was top 50 in ties and then anybody within 10 shots. So logistically, it could have been everybody who made the cut if if the guy in first was within 10 shots of the guy in last. But they got rid of that for the November Masters because there was less daylight and all that stuff. And they they didn't bring it back. So I guess we're I guess we're done with it forever, I guess. I don't know. So we're we're out. <clears throat> so I've answered a lot of these. Matt Wallace is like arguably the number one question in the chat here. How is Morikawa still around 28 to 1? Yeah. I think as the week's gone on and I've, and I've been like, Oh, I love the ball strikers. I love the T to green guys. I named, you know, the best three T to green guys, uh, from the start of the year. I'm like, Oh, it's can't it's more It's Casey. I only bet two of them. I don't know. I don't know why I will probably fire a 28 to one or I'll see what circa has on, on Morikawa. Uh, because I agree with you. I'm not sure. I, I assume it's the putting and the fact that he's what played here once. And it was in November that is probably keeping it that way. But I agree. You should probably be getting more, more love than, than anything. Um, I only ask one thing, hit the like button while you're here. I probably should have mentioned that 50 minutes ago. That helps a long way. Much appreciated. No love for Neiman. Uh, not for me. I love Neiman. I actually mentioned this, um, maybe on the Monday video, I, when I was running the models and I started to plug in a lot of the things that I thought were important, like driving distance, um, which Neiman is much higher than you would expect him to be. I mean, let's, let's, let's look at Neiman. You know, we can go to his golfer profile. He is, I think he would surprise a lot of people on how good how good the metrics are. So I I do have love for Neiman. I don't know I don't know if you're saying I don't have love for him, but I mean fourth in scoring average, sixth in birdie average. He's eighth off the tee. He's ninth in distance. The guy's a gamer. He's a player. Let's go. Um, I love Neiman. For the ten million, oh, for the ten dollar million maker, I thought there was a ten million dollar maker. That would have been something. Do you think it's better to add up ownership to the particular amount or have a very low owned player like Shane Lowry? Well, they're kind of both together, right? Like, if you have a two percent Shane Lowry, you can have, you know, a twenty five percent Daniel Berger or whatever. Um, so I, I think these kind of go hand in hand, Clinton. I would say either's fine. Rank these six. Uh, no, I'm not going to. Okay, I'll do that. Okay. I mean, these are just the top guys. So I, I don't even know what this is for. So I'll just say DJ, Rom, JT, Morikawa, Reed, Xander. I don't know if that helps anybody. I've done a lot of these. Please stop telling everybody about Matt Wallace. He was supposed to be low owned. Sorry about that. Uh, Connor's ownership. Yes, we did talk about it. It was like 28%, something like that. It was pretty outrageous. And yes, I would probably be happy to pivot off of him. Talked about the course. It's going to play very different. It's going to be very spicy. Um, yeah, the March Madness video was great. Thank you very much. Favorite Seinfeld secondary character for me. It's uncle Leo. Hello. Banya, uh, I like Banya a lot. 
the I like anybody who can play a foil to Jerry. Jerry is generally, you know, he is the um Jerry just is the glue, right? He keeps the show going. He directs it. Not a lot of there's not a, a whole ton of like Jerry centric storylines. So when Jerry gets a foil, I think it's pretty good. If I had to fade somebody from DJ Bryson, Thomas, Rom, completely regardless of pricing, who would that be? My God, these are just like the guys that are going to win it, Tomas. Um, I would say, I don't know, D- DJ. I mean, DJ, I guess, is objectively the in the worst form, but I love all of these guys. That That would be a very difficult question. I guess I would just revert to form. I would, I would just, I guess, fade DJ, but... I would not, I would not have much, much convinc- conviction about that. Why isn't Immelman playing? Probably because he's on the call, probably much more lucrative. I would assume to be on the actual call. What's the contrarian build this week? Two high price studs or balanced? Uh, good question. Let's look at this. So if we look at the ownership of the natural, so I think we're going to get a pretty natural build of uh, somebody over 10 K then Spieth or can't then Berger, then Casey, then Connors. Like that will be, and then Palmer somewhere in there. Like the, that'll be the most duped lineups. Like those, those, those ones. So you could either do um, two, you could do two of the 10K guys and then try to get down into, I don't know what you could do. If you could get down into the 7Ks or if you, if you go really low to uh, even bringing Palmer back in, if you could get back into the 8K range. Like I like a build. If you go with like a ROM, Fitzpatrick build, uh, that would be probably enough to differentiate yourself. Who would you rather completely fade in the Millie maker Connors or Palmer? Uh, I guess just Connors because he's going to be twice. He's going to have twice the ownership. So, uh, I would probably just say Connors. A Rom arrived this morning, said he didn't cut your club. Wasn't even on his mind. Uh, yeah, I'm not worried about this. I, I, I think a lot of that stuff is overblown, right? We're not going to be able to quantify if he would have practiced, uh, for two days or if he wouldn't have, I'm not, that's noise to me. I'm not worried about it at all. Do you think there's going to be a lot of roster construction avoiding anyone over 10 K? No, I don't. Those are all the, where all the studs are. Or remember there's a lot, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, public people playing this week. They're going to, they're going to play the guys up there. Favorite Seinfeld sports moment, Kramer hitting balls uh, into the ocean or George running Bette Midler at the plate. I think it might be George giving hitting lessons to uh, Bernie Williams and Derek Jeter. That might be my favorite. Um, Let's see what we got here. Uh, Some of these I don't think I can read. (laughs) You guys are crazy in the chat. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, Joe, I Doty, Welcome buddy. Uh, we will be rocking and rolling tonight for the power hour. I do not need a red bull. I can, I can do it naturally ready to rock and roll. Let's do Westwood. There was a couple questions about Westwood here. So let's just do a deep dive. Listen, he's got unbelievable course history, right? So, uh, I don't even know what his price is. He is right here. I was expecting him to be about a thousand dollars cheaper than this. Uh, and I would have been pretty stoked about that. But if you look at his history, so he's 8,800, that's a hair steep. He's got all these top tens here, just piling them up. Unfortunately, you know, he's just a little bit cheaper than Webb, who I think is a significantly better play. He's more expensive than some of these other guys that I like in the 8K range, but he's been playing well. I, I just, I was going to be really happy to play him, Jeffrey, at, um, 
at like 7,800, not 8,800. Would you go Shoffley using your max salary or Spieth and leave money on the table? Spieth and leave money on the table has to be the better option, right? Because you would at least be, uh, you'd get the better play in my opinion and you would be, leaving money on the table would make it less likely that you are unique. <clears throat> Any thoughts on CT Pan? I don't, Travis. Um, he says, finished seventh at the Masters last year, coming off a third place finish at the Honda, also finished 20th at Riviera. It's good enough for if it's good enough for you. It's good enough for me. I don't have a I don't have a particular take on CT Pan. I would differentiate somewhere else. Um, I wouldn't if I was doing like a single entry high dollar. I probably wouldn't fade speed, right? I mean, I, I'm I'm much more I'm much more of a a uh, a metric guy, right? You're getting all the built-in value of his DFS price compared to his his uh, his his odds in the market. I think I think I would just differentiate somewhere else. There's plenty of other opportunities to do it. Um, Greg says, "Who is Oliver liking this week?" And then actually, my wife chimed in and said, "Oliver likes Matthew Wolf." Get it? Good good joke, you guys. Was that like Greg Greg teed that one up? Um. Would you like, okay, interesting. Would you take plus money that either DJ Bryson or Spieth shoot 68 tomorrow? So four under in the opening round for DJ Bryson or Spieth, either one, any one of them do it and I get plus money. Uh, no, I'd probably not take that. I mean, 68 is a, a very good score at Augusta National. Um, no, I would not. I lost my spot. I'm looking, oh, I found it. Okay, here we go. Oh, Clark says, I thought he would have liked Mark Leishman. Get it? Smart. You guys are good at this. Greens in regulation. They're actually purples in regulation this week. You guys are killing it right now. That's true. These things are these things are uh, absolutely uh, burnt out. I've answered a lot of these. We've got a couple minutes to go here. Anything you want, throw it in the chat. Um, I've answered quite a bit here. So I'm skipping a lot of questions, but they've been answered. If they haven't been answered, I'm happy to talk about it. Um, I don't know what the usual Millie Maker winning lineup is. I should go back and look. So so the question here from Nolan is, or Austin is, is um, you know, is it two 10 Ks, is it two low Ks, two sixes, more balances? I don't know. Let me see if I can find out, and I will... Um, I'll tweet it out if I can find it. Projected ownership for Phil Mickelson. I'm seeing it at, what's Phil, 6,600? Uh, 3%, but I'd argue it's going to be higher than that by the time we actually close here. Uh, Bernd Wiesberger, one of the few golfers who has played here at least five times and made the cut in every single one. I don't think he has much upside. I think a lot of guys make the cut, so I don't know how useful that is to you, Colin, but it is a fact. Who's the one player you're scared of fading in the 200? Um, so TJ, TJ says Spieth is the guy that I'm terrified about not playing. That might be right. Um, uh, I guess Rory doesn't scare me. JT kind of scares me a little bit. You know, you, you could you could argue going down to Patrick Cantlay is a better value. You could argue going up to Rahm and DJ, uh, and JT is just lurking there, and he's just going to go out and win this thing. So that's probably the scariest one to me. I have a question. Who are you? I'm new to a live through this live stream. Hello, my name is Rick. Welcome in. This is a master's live stream. Thanks for showing up. 
Any chance for Harris English? I don't think so. I mean, he has just been, um, unfortunately, pretty terrible since he won the Tournament of Champions. I, I, I'm, I'm out on him. Outrights. Uh, I've mentioned I bet Casey. I met. I bet Casey. I bet Cancelay. Those were the big ones. I'll probably add a Morikawa at some point, and then I will just see what happens over the course of the week. No one's mentioned Danny Willett. That's true. Um, let's do. Let's do. Let's do Danny real quick here. I'll give. I'll, we'll go a couple extra minutes. Let's do Danny Willett. I don't even know how many measured rounds we have on Danny. Let's see. So he misses the cut at the Valero. Wasn't all that bad. Just didn't putt well. Played well at Punta Cana, but we don't know how. Uh, finished eighth there. This is my concern right here. Uh, losing two, three, four strokes on approach. Uh, often when you tee it up on the PGA tour is not a great sign. I'm probably out on Danny Willett. Couple more, couple more, couple more serenity. Now, do I like burger over Finau? I do. I love burger. He's laying the blueprint. He is laying the blueprint. Whoa, new favorites tab on jock market. Rick and Joe getting fancy. I like, I like, I like that you guys think that we developed that. We didn't develop nothing. We just suggested it. The guys at jock market developed that. But yes, there is a way to favorite your golfers now on jock market. It's going to be awesome. Join us at 8 15 p.m. Eastern time tonight for the jock market power hour. What do you think is the most likely outcome for Rory this weekend? I think Rory can roll out of bed and finish inside the top 10 at, at Augusta National. He's that good. The box scores or the results, uh, you know, while they're not up to his own standards, uh, have still been good. I would say he's going to finish T14. That is what I'll say. Rick, you're the best. See you on the CBS show in a few hours. Much appreciated, Greg. I'll see you over there. It should be very interactive, so feel free to join us over there. Get in the comments and uh, holler at us. trying to see here <laughs> with the growing community and the success of the bracket this year chances of having a rick run good dfs contest each week um yeah i got to admit i reached out to DraftKings about a year ago and was like hey guys like i'd love to set up like a private contest i wasn't even really asking for all that much i wasn't even asking for it to be like rake free or anything i was just like hey um I think it would be pretty cool if I could get like a thousand people in this and we could have flat payouts. Like that would be awesome. And they kind of big timed me, Ed, and uh, I haven't heard back and I wasn't going to reach out again. Like if, if they don't want it, then I don't want it. You know, it's, I don't know. I'm not going to, not going to beg at the, at the door of DraftKings for a private contest. So that's, that's where we stand. Uh, maybe I'll reach out at some point in the future. Daniel Berger, 40 to one. Yeah. So I actually, uh, I actually liked Berger a lot at, at the Honda and he ended up withdrawing on Monday, I believe, but I was, I was ready to fire something big on Daniel Berger at the Honda because he was laying the foundation, Brett. He was doing the blueprint thing. He was, he was doing exactly what he'd done at, uh, to win Pebble beach, but he would just lost a couple of strokes putting. And I was like, here we go. It's Honda week. It's ready to rock and roll. And, uh, it didn't happen. So yes, I'm still very, still very, very bullish on him. <laughs> also the just the Seinfeld the Seinfeld quotes in the chat are always good. Oh boy. Um all right. I think I'm at the end. I think we've answered these. Can we fade Speeth on DK and still win? Yeah, as long as he doesn't win, right? Like as long as he doesn't finish inside the top 5, uh you probably can. 
Do you get paid overtime from YouTube for going three minutes over? No, I don't. Uh, unfortunately. Um, all right. That'll do it. <laughs> that'll do it. All right. Here's what you're going to do on the way out. Hit the like button for me. That's all I ask. I hope you enjoyed this. It's going to be an excellent week. There's going to, it's going to be a lot of fun. There's it's, it's the best week. I'll be awake at 4 a.m. tomorrow morning. I'll be live on CBS sports HQ by 6 a.m. My time is probably 9 a.m. Eastern. Um, there's going to be a lot of stuff all day. There's the jock market power hour tonight, 8 15 p.m. Eastern time here on the Rick Ronan good YouTube channel. There's a CBS sports live chat tonight that I'm hosting. That is at 6 30 Eastern time. That's on the first cut YouTube and the first cut Twitch. Uh, but otherwise guys, I really appreciate the support. You're awesome. It is much appreciated. And uh, yeah, I'll catch you later.